0: Welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm here with my beautiful wife, Michelle. (laughs) Thank you. Hello, everybody. So good to have you with us. We are recording this episode on Sunday, March 3rd, 2019. Thanks for joining us today. In the future, you can find us most anywhere you get podcasts, one place you cannot find us anymore. (laughs) and It's a funny story, sort of. Uh, we're not on 1057max.com anymore. There's, a, it's a long story. If you want to contact us and find out about it, it's there's no fault of our own, but it's it's just kind of going through a little circumstance with them. <laughs> so uh, we may be on there again at some point, but right now we're not that this shouldn't affect how you still get our podcast.
1: That's right. And we do hope that you enjoy our podcast and that you subscribe because we really enjoy that. And we also like to hear from you.
0: Absolutely. So you can find us. We have our own website, and I've been keeping it more up to date recently, <laughs> Uh You can also, of course, find us, and like Michelle just suggested, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We're pretty much... Most places you find podcasts. If you know of a place that we are not on, where you normally get your podcast, let us know uh, because we'd love to actually get on to that group as well.
1: Right, right. We want to be out there and make ourselves very available to anybody who would like to listen.
0: Yes. Speaking of making us available to you, we love hearing from you. This is an interactive show. You can find us all over social media on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at Hyperion Adventures Podcast, and you can email us Podcast at gmail.com.
1: That's right, and please do let us know your thoughts of our podcast, things that you think we could do a little better, or some topics, because we like to, you know, really get some, you know, new creativity from just what we come up with. Yes,
0: because <laughs> we're, we're a little limited. <laughs> Sometimes, it's like, what are we going to talk about this? Like, I don't know. We figure something out uh, usually every week, but we do help. I uh, appreciate any help from anybody out there. By the way, i want to give a special shout out to Dillos Diz, right. who is doing some fun stuff on Twitter, well, actually, in social media and out there in the Disney community this week. They're doing a fun little bracket. It is March Madness time. They're doing a fun bracket. They call it, and get this name it's the Dillos Diz, my favorite thing about Disney ever this year. Year, March Madness Mania Pool. <laughs> it's really funny. We were going through it and filling it out a little bit yesterday, and it's a really tough it's bracket. It's painful. Yeah, oh my god. Some tough decisions fun, out there. But, painful. but it's a lot of fun. If you want to get involved with it, uh, you can email Dilos Diz. Uh, they have they'll send you the bracket to you. It's Dilos Diz, uh Dilos with an S, Diz with a Z. At gmail.com, or you could always email us, too, and we could send you a version of that bracket as well. But it's a lot of fun, having a lot of fun on Twitter, having a lot of fun on social media, and uh, we love all our our Twitter fam that's out
1: there. That's right, that's right, and that's, you know, a great, fun thing to do in March, Um, and I know that a lot of people have a lot of creative Ideas of doing brackets, and this one is uh number one in our book.
0: Yeah, it's really great, bracket, but it is <laughs> difficult. We got halfway through, and we're like, we need to shut it down. This is too tough. <laughs> I know we're gonna complete it, uh, probably today and get it back out to Dilos Diz. But uh, you might want to take a part in that because it, you know, it is a tough decision, but it still is a lot of fun,
1: right? And it but it's fun because it does create some dialogue. We've had some you know, dialogue, I wouldn't say heated, but some uh you know, maybe not necessarily initially see eye to eye on things. Mm -hmm. And I think there's only been one thing so far that we actually had to flip a coin to be the (laughs) tiebreaker. We
0: couldn't come to an accord, so we had to go for the tried and true, let's just flip a coin on it and we'll go with it either way. Exactly. Uh, But we're having a lot of fun with it, and you should join in as well. So originally, we told you last week we were going to do a certain topic, and some things happened this week, and we also realized a few other things. So we've kind of flipped our topic this week, our main topic, and we'll get to that in a little bit here. But first, I want to talk about all the other stuff that we have coming up this week, including a ton, just a ton of details about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge came out this week. Uh, Disney Cruise Line announces their summer 2020 schedule and there's a long-awaited addition to Pixar Pier that is setting to, set to open very, very soon. But let's get to what our new main topic is <laughs> of this week. And that is going to be the best of Disney in the 90s. That's right. And there's a reason why we just chose to do that this week. One, Captain Marvel comes out this week, which is going to be set in the 90s. Uh, so we thought that that would be a good way to approach it. Also, this week is Disneyland After Dark 90s night, I think pretty sure that ties in. I I have a feeling Disney thought this out and they're tying that in with Captain Marvel. So we thought, hey, let's, it was a cool era in the nineties with Disney. Why don't we talk about the best of Disney in the nineties?
1: Absolutely. And it was a great idea to make the switch. Although we, you know, we are putting a pin in it on the, uh, the other topic we had last Announced last week, which was about the comparing different different cruise lines. But this one was really exciting and fun to get some some information about, and it, a lot of great memories while going through everything to prepare for today. Yeah,
0: no question. And uh, yes, we will get to that other topic at some other point. Matter of fact, we've been meaning to get to that topic. For months now we talked about it very early on the podcast we were going to do that eventually and we still will but this week just fits with the best of disney in the 90s so let's get to that main topic and i think the big thing about and i don't know how you feel michelle but the big thing with disney in the 90s was that that was the period really when disney's renaissance at least in the animated features took place
1: right actually um what i noted was that in January of 1990, so the beginning of the decade, that the um, CEO at the time, which was Michael Eisner, stated that this would be the decade to expand with the Disney Company. So he had a lot of ideas and plans to, like you said, renovate some things going on with the parks, with the movies and everything. So, you know, he kind of started the decade with that plan to make a lot of significant changes.
0: Right. So here was the team behind all these changes, the the Disney Renaissance in the 90s. It was Michael Eisner, Frank Wells. They also brought aboard Jeffrey Katzenberg and Roy O. Disney's son, Roy E. Disney, took a a, kind of a reins and they kind of held the fort for the Disney name itself uh, in there. Uh, So they kind of took the reins and then they brought up, they were smart enough to bring aboard Howard Ashman and Alan Menken. And they really did some amazing things. It it was kind of like, especially with animation, Disney's animation was kind of Lost it really couldn't find its path. Some of the films that they've been releasing right. in the early to mid 80s just didn't quite find a foothold as much. They, I mean, I'm sure that there are many of you out there that love a lot of those films, but they just couldn't really get what you got from Disney in the past. Right. So they brought aboard Howard Ashman, Ellen Mankin, and in 1989 they released The Little Mermaid. Which of course isn't the nineties film, but right. that was really what kicked off and right. started what would become in the nineties this huge array of great, wonderful Disney films.
1: Right. And and you can tell that they really started devoting having great music. In these animated features as well, because I think that was sometimes some of the things that were lacking in some of the movies of the 80s. They were, you know, definitely focusing on story uh, as they did in the 90s, but the music was not as front and center. And as we've seen, the music does play a really big role in putting a heart into the stories. Yes.
0: So let's talk about that. I'm going to go through the list. of It it, it is a murderer's row of Disney movies that came out in the 90s, and every single one of them was nominated for at least one Academy Award. Some of them didn't win, but they were for at least one, and a lot of times that was either best song or best score. Right. And I have
1: have a trivia question for you.
0: Oh, are we going to do that before we get to the movies? Yes. Okay, let's do
1: it. All right. So in the decade there of the 1990s, How many movies or how many films did Disney release? And that's including like Hollywood Studios, Pixar, and Touchstone. Do you you want me to give you an? I went through the whole list today. And there were
0: movies, because I looked through the whole list as I was getting ready for this. And there were films I've never heard of in my life. So I'm just going to go 55.
1: 55? Yes. Okay, so here's the multiple choice. (laughs) Okay. Okay, the multiple choice would be 98... Mm. 127. Wow. 236. Wow. Or 401.
0: And this is to theatrical release,
1: or I think these were uh, theatrical releases. Okay, I'm gonna go with 120.
0: Yeah. What was the 126? Is that what the number you gave me?
1: Yes, that is the number I gave you.
0: And that's what I'll go with. <laughs> <laughs> of course.
1: <laughs> it was 236.
0: Wow. That that those couldn't have all gone to theaters, really. That's crazy! What a I big. Know. Uh, they were a lot of films. Like I said, I was scrolling through it today, trying to pick out because this is the best of the '90s. We're not going to go through everything Disney did in the '90s. We're going through the best of it, and I was looking through, and there were a lot of films they released. And this was, yes, animated, Disney live action, uh, and it, there was Touchstone that was involved in right? that as well. So a lot of films got released. That's a crazy amount. Yeah,
1: um, I'm looking through the list, and I may be wrong. You're more of maybe an straight to video too. But, but
0: either way, they built these films know. during that time. Yeah but either way that's a fun fact it's another (laughs) michelle fun fact we love michelle's
1: fun fact let me know folks if you want them to cease and desist
0: (laughs) never never more michelle is always a good thing
1: oh you're too sweet and brainwashed (laughs) but i love it it's okay
0: (laughs) I like this brainwashing. Uh, let's get to the these this murderers row of films, and we'll you know obviously out of two hundred and whatever it was two thirty six, two thirty six, there were some that weren't as much as high as these, but these were all just uh, Disney animated films that you're going through the whole list or just the biggies. Oh, okay, just the big I was ones.
1: Like wow, we. We're going going to have a two and a half hour show today. No, we are not
0: going (laughs) long anymore. Well, maybe occasionally, but not as much as that's part of this thing today. But anyway, 1991, Beauty and the Beast Mm -hmm. came out. Nominated for Best Picture, the only animated film to be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture when they only had five nominees, places available, five wow. nominees. Yeah, so that's right. uh, it did win two Oscars, and it won the Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. 1992, Aladdin came out, won two Oscars. 1994, The Lion King, two Oscars, and a Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. 1995, Pocahontas won two Oscars. These were nominated, didn't win, but they were nominated. Hunchback of Notre Dame in 1996, Hercules in 1997, Mulan in 1998, and Tarzan in 1999, which won an Oscar for Best Song.
1: How funny. That is the exact list. That I have here, like the highlights. Well, wow. the
0: highlights. They like were the highlights. Like I said, that is a murderer's row of great Disney films that were released in the 90s. And like I said, every single one of them was nominated for at least one Academy Award, mostly for music. Right. But there, as you can see, there was some for best uh, best film, you know, and, mm. and some won Golden Globes for best motion picture. So uh, crazy, crazy cool mm. stuff.
1: Right. And, and then there are other really notable films that weren't the animated classics that came out as mm-hmm. well.
0: Yeah, we do have those. Uh, we, there were some live-action great films that came out in the 90s, and we'll see if some of mine that I, I noted uh, match with your list here. Yeah, let's see. Uh, 1991, The Rocketeer came out, which is a great film, kind of an yeah. under-the-radar film, but for those of you who saw it in the 90s, you know The Rocketeer is a great movie. 1992, Muppet Christmas Carol was another great film. 1992 as well, The Mighty Ducks. Yeah. There was a NHL franchise that came out based on this film from uh, Disney. 1994, D2, The Mighty Ducks 2, which is also another great (laughs) film. There was a D3 as well, but that one isn't as good as D2. So we don't talk about that one. 1993, Cool Runnings came Uh out. And in 1994, The Santa Claus, also another great film. What else do you have on your list, Michelle?
1: So I have Pretty Woman, Okay. Not necessarily saying these are my favorites, but I think things that were really highlighted and notable.
0: These are touchstone films.
1: Right. Uh, Sister Act with Mm -hmm. Disney legend Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. There. Uh, Hocus Pocus. Of course. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. I had that as in my animated. Uh, The Sixth Sense. Oh, I I forgot that that was a... Uh, Touchstone, right, right. Wow. And then some, you know, you were talking about some underrated ones. Um, in in this one, in this list, I included Mr. Holland's Opus. Okay. And the great uh, Mr. Holland's Opus is a great film. It is a a one that will wreck you. Yeah. Yes. It will wreck you. And similarly, the Horse Whisperer. Yeah. You, which
0: you like? You like a horse whisperer I do like that.
1: You got to be ready and in the mood. Right. To, to cry, and. <laughs> which I often am anyway. So, but you—that happens when you, yeah. Whether watch I'm in the mood or not, tangled. Yeah. Whether I'm in the mood
0: or not, it's going to happen for me because I'm just an emotional wreck. So. Um, other thing, Pixar hit its stride in the 90s. Right, uh, right. So it had released three films in the 90s. Of course, kicked off with Toy, Toy Story in 1995, mm-hmm. which was an amazing, groundbreaking film. Received three Oscar nominations. It won one uh, for a special achievement uh, for John Lasseter. and won a special achievement for, of course, this groundbreaking uh, digital work they did in animation. Right. Um, it also was the first first animated film to receive a, a nomination, an Academy Award nomination for original screenplay. Wow. which is a really big thing yeah, for an yeah, animated film, right. if you think about it. Uh, 1998, uh, it's, uh, Bug's Life came out, which is really a great film. It kind of gets forgotten sometimes, I think, out there. But when you get to see it every once in a while, it really was a great movie. It just kind of gets buried by other other great films that were done by Pixar. And, of course, 1999, Toy Story 2 came out. And, uh, I, and there's an argument on what's better, Toy Story 2 or Toy Story But uh, it won the Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy uh, in 1999.
1: Right, right, yeah. I mean, when I'm going through the list here, which, by the way, if you ever want the list, D23 has everything listed there that you could ever want. I mean, there are just so many amazing things that, I mean, we could just be talking forever about this. But, uh, yeah, some great... Phenomenal things, and yeah, Pixar did bring about a whole new dimension. Changed animation, right? Really did. Right, changed right. animation, not just completely. for the Disney company, mm-hmm. but just you know, you know, it kind of set the bar a lot higher mm-hmm. for a lot of organizations. And they were
0: working on stuff even before that, like uh I didn't mention the Rescuers Down Under, which right. came out in nineteen ninety. Is another good film. Uh, that had uh, some of the Pixar's first work in that. Some of the computer graphics animation in that. Beauty and the right. Beast had it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of these films that I'm discussing here kind of used a little bit of that sort of technology within their films, and then Pixar just decided to take it and make their own. Rather than they exactly. were just doing shorts before that, they right. picked up and decided let's just do the big thing and make uh, full feature length films, and uh, they did it very well. Obviously, yes, we yes. we know. Uh, other things that happened in the 90s. Oh, well, let me get one more animated movie that you that's didn't right? mention that came out in the 1990s. Ooh. You mentioned The Nightmare Before Christmas, 1993. Right. Great film. 1995. Come on. You know it. You love it. Oops. It's the Goofy movie oh, came out in right. 1995. <laughs> Underrated. If you oh haven't seen gosh, the Goofy yes. movie, check it out. Great, great movie. Love it. We love it so much. Right,
1: uh, right. We watched it recently.
0: Right. So that's a lot of the best of Film out of the nineteen nineties. I don't know if you have anything else on that, Michelle.
1: Um, no, like I said, I mean, there. When I'm going through the list, there's so many fun ones, so many interesting ones to say, wow, I never thought about it. As you don't being think of them as Disney Disney, Disney films, right, right. Related. You know, exactly. Like you know, uh, Father of the Bride. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think I would have thought of that one. Um, Alive. <laughs> but uh, another one that I can't believe I didn't put in the list is Captain Ron. No, that's Captain a great Ron movie.
0: Kurt Russell, <laughs>
1: exactly. Yes.
0: Captain Ron. That it's is a, amazing. It
1: is a funny it's movie. A How funny did that movie. not make my list? Yeah, that's
0: uh, uh, Martin Short in that too. You know, right. If I'm not mistaken, It's the dad that the family and Captain Ron's taking him uh, through Caribbean Isles. Right. It's just funny story. It is. It kind is of a funny so. movie. So another big thing that happened with Disney in the '90s is Disney Television kind of. Uh, took off in the 90s because the Disney Channel, you know, it started in the 80s, but it you had to pay for it. Right. Up until the early 90s. In 1990, uh, I think it was a Birmingham cable company became the first to offer it as part of their basic cable package and more followed suit. And so you could start seeing this without having to pay the extra fee on top of what you're already paying for your cable. Right. And that brought around shows like Tailspin, Darkwing Duck, Goof Troop, a lot of shows you know and love started to come out on the Disney Channel.
1: Right, right. Gosh, I swear we have the same list. Yeah. So, um, you know, they had uh, Disney Afternoon, which was two hours of half-hour cartoons, Mm -hmm. you know, so like you mentioned them. Uh, Timon and Pumbaa was also on that list. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, and they also had some um, films that were released that were uh, a series of Winnie the Pooh Films that came out, so they ha- they had uh, in the '90s, Winnie the Pooh and Christmas too, mm. Pooh to You, which was Halloween. Uh, Winnie- How dare you say that to me? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> a Winnie the Pooh Thanksgiving and Winnie the Pooh Valentine for you. Nice. So it was it was kind of nice that they also kind of went back to some of their, you know, earlier characters mm-hmm. with Winnie the Pooh and Piglet. And they mostly. also did a lot
0: of series based on some of their a uh, hit. Uh, feature films, there was a Hercules mm-hmm. series, We just mentioned Timon and right. uh, Pumbaa. There was a series based on Little Mermaid. Uh, there were a lot of things that came out that filled the time on Disney Channel that were very popular during right. that time.
1: Right, exactly. And there were some uh, TV shows that you might not think about as much as Disney. Mm-hmm. ABC shows, right? That's right, mm-hmm. like uh, Live with Regis and Kathy Lee. Of course. Right, and uh, Empty Nest. Mm. Dinosaur. Oh, Dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> Bad show. And Home Improvement. Home Improvement, yes. Yes. Of course, Buzz Lightyear, Tim Allen. Right, right. Yeah, so uh, that was pretty cool. So another trivia question. You ready? Yes. All right. So September 28th, 1997, what TV revival happened on that day?
0: September 28th. 1997 i'm drawing a blank i don't know all right thinking michael eisner oh is it the wonderful world of disney right exactly so that was revived
1: and that makes total sense yeah and that's when they premiered the network um showing of toy story
0: oh really was it was the debut episode wow that's so cool yeah Yeah, that's right i forgot I, i had forgotten for a little bit that that came back and Eisner was, of course, the guy who was out there like, kind right. of playing the Walt role a little bit. Exactly, That they would come out and hit him with a pie or right. something. Right, you know, yes, and, yes. Yeah, so funny stuff. Right. So, yeah, a lot of good stuff happened with Disney television, uh, but the parks also weren't. There was some great stuff that happened out at th- th- the parks as well. Let's we'll start with Walt Disney World. 1992, Splash Mountain debuts. It had already debuted in Disneyland in the mm. late 80s. Uh, Splash Mountain hits Walt Disney World at the Magic Kingdom in 1992. Uh, following up on, of course, Toy Story, Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger Spin debuted in <laughs> 1998. And in 1999, you were just speaking about Winnie the Pooh the Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh debuted
1: out of the Magic Kingdom Park. I know you do. I know you do. I love that ride.
0: Uh, Disneyland also had a lot of uh, cool things happen mm-hmm. in the 90s. Fantasmic debuted in 1992. The better version of Fantasmic, by the way, for all you who know Walt Disney World, for the most part, right. is better. The Fantasmic show at Disneyland is by the Far better, although the seating isn't. The seating isn't, but the the show itself is much better. Uh, 1993 Toontown opened. That included Mickey and Minnie's house and the meet and greet with them there. Uh, Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin and get and the gadgets go coaster all debuted among all the other fun stuff there is to do in Toontown. Right, and uh, in 1995. Uh, another great, great attraction at Disneyland that is well, it, I think believe it's at Disney Sea as well. but uh, as far as in the US only at Disneyland, that's the Indiana Jones Adventure debuted at Disneyland. Park. Right, right. And uh, that is a, another great attraction for those of you who uh, done the dinosaur. Out at, uh, at uh, Animal Kingdom Park. Right. This is a similar. much better version. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, go check it out if you ever get to Disneyland. Yeah,
1: similar technology. Right. Um, the, the cars are the same. Right, everything. right. So the, uh, Walt Disney World also had a lot of new things, but there was one other happening at Disneyland, mm. which was the redesign of Tomorrowland.
0: Yes, that's right. Yeah, I, I didn't go over everything that happened out no. there, but yes, that was part of one of the big things that... Was a big move at that time, yes.
1: Right. And interestingly, at Disney World, um, you know, they had created Mickey's Birthday Land mm-hmm. uh, during the season of Mickey's Birthday. And then uh, that reopened um, in 1991. It was closed on um, April 22nd and then mm-hmm. reopened on May 26th as Mickey's Starland. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm not sure how much reimagining there signed changes. <laughs> um, but the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror mm-hmm. also happened in the, the 90s. A mm-hmm. uh, Blizzard Beach oh. was opened. Very cool. Uh and they uh, also Disney World had a redesigning of Tomorrowland. But there were some very uh impressive park openings yeah. that happened in the 90s. Well, tell me. All right. Well, in the United States, Animal Kingdom opened 1998, mm-hmm. and it was and is the largest spanning area of a park that Disney has with over 500 acres. And so they can have all the animals out there for sure. Right, too. right. So it also was their first time dealing with live animals mm-hmm. so instead of just audio animatronic animals. And uh, later in 1999, the Asian area opened up in Animal Kingdom. Nice. Um, but one of the really exciting things that happened in the 90s was over in Europe, where Disneyland Paris opened on April 12, 1992. And one of our previous podcast guests was very instrumental in that opening. Do you remember who that was? Uh, (laughs)
0: Let me see if I can think of who it was.
1: Actually, I am blanking on his name
0: all of a sudden, which is hilarious, yeah, I, because I'm just, I just know who you're talking about, yeah. and I can't think of his Lee name right. Lee
1: Cockrell. Lee
0: Cockrell, yes. I can't believe it. I was just blanking on his name. It's one of the, I'm getting old, folks. No, no. I'm getting There's, old, ladies we, and gentlemen.
1: We just have too much information here about what happened in the 90s with the Disney company. Right. It's,
0: but, yeah, one of the things we asked him about, if you ever want to go back and listen to that episode, was his experience of opening Disneyland Paris, because he was out there for uh, several Years right. building that up and helping that open, and he tells a funny story about the, the only things he could eat at the time right. because he only could say a few words in French. So he, you know, as far as ordering food, there were only a few things he could order. So he had basically the same meal over and over again right, for a long right.
1: time.
0: Uh, you should go back and check out that episode.
1: Definitely, if you get a chance. So
0: really cool. Yeah. Uh, one other thing. I only have one more thing. You may have more. I only I have do. one other thing that happened in the '90s that we love. It's a precursor to something we love, mm-hmm. and that is that. Disney Sports Enterprises began Uh in the 90s, and that was the precursor to run disney in 1994 the first walt disney world marathon took place and in 1995 the disneyland marathon in 5k took place and that just started what we now know as run disney and they're doing regular races now it's only on the east coast but for a while it was both coasts and we hope to be both coasts again before too long
1: right that is exciting so uh
0: that's all i have michelle what else do you have i know you must have done much more work
1: (laughs) I i did I did do a little bit more research. Um, Well, also in the 90s, Hollywood Records was formed, and that really helped um, bring the soundtrack from these great movies, Mm -hmm. you know, to life by having those available to everybody. Um, And for the first time, Disney moved into publishing. Mm. And do you know what the name that they chose? I do
0: not. Mm. Another Michelle fun fact. Are you ready, ladies and gentlemen? Drum roll
1: hyperion books oh I, why don't i know that i know, I should know that right <laughs> it makes sense um so they they released a lot of great kids books on there um they also purchased discover magazine mm. um so you know these were all great new um the but and you talked about it with mighty ducks um Disney was awarded in 1993 the franchise right. for the NHL Which Mighty Ducks in Anaheim. Anaheim. Yeah, the Mighty
0: Ducks of Anaheim. Uh, and they eventually have changed it since Disney gave away the, uh, sold that franchise. They're now just the Ducks. Right, right. But yeah, originally they were the Mighty
1: Ducks exactly. and they even had the logo that you would see in uh, many of the uh, live action films. Right. So, pretty cool. Um, Also, the Disney Vacation Club Resorts opened um, in 1991, uh, and it was renamed Disney's Old Key West Resort in 1996. Uh, And another thing that started, which was a topic of uh, one of our recent podcasts, which was Disney Institute. Oh, okay. That started in the 90s. That's right. Right. And so, again, if you want to know anything about Disney Institute... um, our good friend Amy and I talked about our experiences mm-hmm. with you
0: guys did a great job. Oh, I thanks. sat back and did nothing. You guys did a great job. Pretty <laughs> much like
1: I'm doing with this episode. No, no, no. Yeah, you again, did you had a lot.
0: <laughs> Michelle doing so much detail work and I just kind of went through the basics here. So
1: um, another big new venture that Disney got into in the nineties was you know, on Broadway. Yes. So they had they had a very successful stage production of Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Um Followed by the Lion King, mm-hmm. and really, um, there was you know a team that worked to restore um, that area of New York and make it a fun and safe Down area. Times Square, right, and Broadway right, right. area, the right. Theater
0: District, yeah.
1: And so, really, Disney was uh, one of the major catalysts to make that happen. So, you know, that was pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, you want it to be, especially you're going to have shows that you're going to be more family-friendly, you'd like the area to be family-friendly as well. That's right. There was a time around Times Square in the theater district where it was
1: really not, but now it really is. It is, that's right. Um, The Disney Inn Hotel, which was one of the original hotels um, that opened up when Walt Disney World Resorts opened in 1994, started leasing their hotel to the Army. (laughs) And then later on, the Army purchased it and renamed it Shades of Green. Okay, yes. So, of course. and another one of our favorite things about the Disney company was, is the Disney Cruise Line. Yes. So the Disney Magic, is- which was the first of their two luxury ships, made its maiden voyage in the 90s. So, um, and actually, interestingly, people, I think, still talk about the original link that Disney had with the cruise line industry which was with premier cruises and that was um discontinued and actually well and 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 that was discontinued because premier wanted to go with warner brothers and disney at the time was trying to do something was with that the big red boat right yeah. uh so disney actually tried to get something going with carnival and royal caribbean mm. that didn't actually come about so that's why they decided well, we'll just guess we'll just do, do it ourselves, ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah so yeah, those, very successfully right mind. right so those are all the you know i mean like you said there's tons of other things oh, that you could, happened you could go in down, down that rabbit
0: hole if you want to do an alice in wonderland reference right you can right. go down that rabbit hole and you could discover so many things that you didn't even think of that happened with disney in the 90s but we just wanted to hit most of the best of things that happened with Disney in the 90s. I believe also that was when, in the 90s is when Uh, It was announced at Disneyland Resort that they were going to build uh, California Adventure Park. It was in the 90s. It didn't open until the 2000s, but it was announced in the 90s that they were going to do this big refurbishment out there, uh, change a lot of things involved, open the uh, downtown Disney district and all that. Uh, Again, it didn't happen until the 2000s, but it was announced in the 90s.
1: Right, and it was actually going to be something totally different um, before they decided to do that. Um, They also announced in the 90s about building Tokyo Disney Sea. Okay, so that was announced, but again, didn't um, open then. But it was announced then. I'm going through this list, and I and I got to chuckle. Another <laughs> Disney movie under the Touchstone um, title was uh, Deuce Bigelow, <laughs> <laughs> Male Gigolo. <laughs> Disney really wants the affiliator with that I one. I know, I know. <laughs> That's funny. Hilarious. So, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyways, So those are what
0: we thought were the, kind of the best of the 90s from Disney. Uh, we'd like to know what you remember from the 90s of Disney. What was your favorite thing? One thing we definitely didn't mention because I don't know. Some people liked it. Others, not so much. It was uh-huh. the Birthday Cake Castle out at uh, well, Magic Kingdom Park. Beautiful. <laughs> some beautiful. Like I said, some people loved it. I know. And believe me, this was one of those things that people were... There was very few people in the middle. You either loved it or you hated it, but that was one of the things right. that in the 90s. But
1: well, and what was that. really exciting then, too, was that they had um, a hot air balloon that was exactly like that. <laughs> and when they were celebrating, the, I guess, the beginning of this um, birthday celebration, that it just rose from behind the castles. <laughs> and if you can find some footage on that, it's pretty amazing to see. Yeah. yeah, pretty
0: interesting stuff. Pretty interesting stuff. It was stuff. one of
1: those things. Yeah, it was quirky or odd-looking, but you knew it wasn't going to last. So right. It was like...
0: But like I said people had feelings about it one way or the other some yeah. people loved it some people didn't but uh definitely happened in the 90s but like I said I'd like we'd like to know what happened in the 90s what your memories of Disney in the 90s whether it be any of these things whether it be films television whatever please contact us let us know we'd love to hear from you out there and hear what you remember as the best things in the
1: 90s Exactly and uh if any of you did a fact check and found something I said wrong, please let us know. <laughs> yeah,
0: probably not, because Michelle has fun facts, and I just go through the list, so I probably got the things that are wrong. Nah, Michelle got, nah. did all the legwork and got all the great information out there for you oh, all,
1: you, did, you as did she awesome. always
0: does. Uh, let's move on to our next topic, and really it's going to kick off our Disney Stories of the Week, and it's part of the reason also we changed topics this week. One, we, uh, we, we did want to tie it into Captain Marvel and 90s Night going on at uh, Disneyland Park. But also, there was so much news that came out about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge this week. Right? We really didn't want to make this episode. We've gone really long in the last few episodes. We want to try and pare that back a little bit. We don't mind going long occasionally, but we kind of want to shorten it up a little bit. and We figured if we go through this big old <laughs> topic about comparing cruise lines and then had to get to all this Galaxy's Edge right. stuff— we would be going for another two hours. So we decided to pare this down, but we got to get to all this. We knew, we talked about this last, many of these things we actually talked Mm -hmm. about last week when uh, Rob LaBerry joined us. Uh, We had a great time with him talking about Star Wars in the parks last week. You should check out that episode as well. But we mentioned that the going to be uh, debuting the cast member outfits on last Tuesday evening. Right. So be on a lookout for that. And sure enough, Tuesday night, pictures came out. We saw more on Wednesday of what they were going to look like. Uh, and that was like, great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's they look very interesting. Right. Um, I thought uh, Rob actually uh, off pod he was telling me a couple of things like he thinks that they're gonna be able to mix and match right, some of these right and it makes total sense you know that you know, that way you know you don't have a bunch of people looking exactly the same walking through there so right
1: right and that it, was actually confirmed in uh, the d23 article yeah. so uh, so then, yeah, Wednesday, all sorts of
0: more stuff came out, and so oh my gosh, much, and, like it wouldn't stop, it was I just know. flooding out all <laughs> this stuff about Galaxy's <laughs> Edge. Uh, so let's just go through it. A lot of this came from D23.com, also a little from Polygon.com. But uh, we'll just kind of go through these. Uh, th- these are from those various sources. So here we go. In their efforts to defeat the First Order, the Resistance, this is talking about Black Spire Outpost, i right. two, of course. Uh, the First Order, the Resistance has temporarily set up shop in an abandoned ancient base encircled by forests, mountains, and rivers on the outskirts of Black Spire Outpost. Throughout the land in both parks, fans may see some familiar faces, including Ray, Finn, Poe Dameron, BBH Yay. and Chewbacca, and even find themselves in a face-off with the First Order. All stuff we've been looking forward Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Uh, not a much of a surprise. We um, have talked about there are, th- we know this going in, this is kind of, some of this is rehashed. We've, we've seen this before, but I think it's interesting to read back again. There are three carefully designed entrance points to Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland, allowing guests to enter via Critter Country, Fantasyland, or Frontierland. And uh, there will be two entrance points in Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, there will be short enclosed passageways between the lands that are designed to compress. So essentially you're going to go through there and it's going to be like you're kind of going through a warp. Right. And then you're going to open up into this brand new planet, almost like you're going through hyperspace into this new area. To right, of, That's right. how they're going to you know, solve the question of if you're going from fantasy land or critter country or whatever into this area, how it's going to emerge to you, which right. I think is great showmanship
1: it is it is and it's kind of um taking from their very basics of the parks how when you're coming through the tunnel and then you open up into seeing main street usa for mm-hmm. example yes. And so i think they're they they've realized that was very successful mm-hmm. and it, and they've you know featured that design into this as well which was very awesome yes love it i love it so love much it too.
0: Uh, there was a lot of stuff based on the attractions themselves. As a matter of fact, there was some that actually kind of laid out everything that would happen to you up until the uh, ride happened. I'm not going to give those spoilers away here. If you want to find them online, they are online. What I will tell you is that on Star Wars Smuggler's Run, uh, which is the Millennium Falcon flying attraction, uh, they're going to have uh, Hondu Inaka talking to you, and he's going to be a very, very, they had some uh, film of him in Mm -hmm. action. Very, very advanced audio animatronic. He's what they're called in the A1000, which is their newest breed, and so he's going to look really, really great. Uh, also, as you're waiting to get called into the cockpit, you are going to be allowed to go into the crew quarters, the crew cabin of the Millennium Falcon, and just kind of hang out. Nice. You know, that's where they have the uh, holographic uh, chess game right. there. And and you can just take pictures and do whatever and just kind of enjoy yourself and tear until they call you into whichever, into the cockpit right. that you're going to be doing. So that's a fun way to take up some of the time that you're going to be waiting to actually do the attraction itself. Right.
1: And again, it seemed like they really... Learned in Flight of Passage to have that cue be very visually stimulating to, you know, distract you from the fact that you're in a line, mm-hmm. you know, and but it but it, that's great, it's, it's so exciting, and this this. Bumps it up a bunch more. (laughs) Yes.
0: Uh, Where the real spoilers came out was for uh, Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, Mm -hmm. because apparently there were uh, some influencers and some press that got out there and got to take part in everything leading up to it, except for the actual uh, attraction itself, which is a trackless-based thing. So they got to experience what's going to happen there. And that's out there, and it's laid out for you. I'm not going to do it, but let's just say that it sounds... Fantastic! There's a lot of steps, a lot of interesting things that are going to happen before you actually get on these trackless cars. You should just share it. I'm not going to do that, but <laughs> you can find it online if you want to be spoiled. Uh, it's really interesting stuff.
1: Right. So we haven't gotten to my research stuff yet because my research things are basically... Food, drink, and things I want to buy. That's what I was going to do next. So, <laughs> well,
0: I want to buy everything. I know, so, that, I, I need to stop right there. <laughs> I'm going to buy everything. I'm buy. <laughs> so, uh, including most of the food and drinks, by the way, too. But um, let's go ahead and get to your food and drink list. I was going to go to that next, but if you have the list, let's go
1: through yours. Yeah, actually, the list is pretty long, and you know what's really great if you go online, and like you mentioned at the beginning, D23. Um, really gave a lot, a lot of information. They give the backstory for the cantinas and the the restaurants. So I and my biggest problem is I keep wanting to call it Olga's Cantina. Olga. <laughs> Olga's Cantina. I just gotta get Oga it Olga Gera, going. by the way. His, right. His name is Gera. right. Um, but how creative mm-hmm. are the drinks that they came up with there and that they're you know, um, they did have some pictures of the drinks and so they come in all different Shaped glasses and things like that. So it just, it's going to be a lot of fun just to be in there and have some of these cocktails. They also obviously have some non alcoholic brews that they're mm-hmm. going to have available. But um, was any of them calling out to you? I mean, we don't know what's in them. Oh, the but... fuzzy
0: tauntaun. Come on. Come <laughs> on. the fuzzy
1: tauntaun. I don't know. The Jedi mind trick. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's also cute that they have. Java juice, yes. which comes directly from uh, Attack of the Clones right. episode two. So you know that's all right. Good, thanks. I was, I appreciate that. But yeah, so th- some really fun sounding mm-hmm. drinks. We're. At- there are other things about the drinks that you found. Uh, no,
0: I just love that, see. like you said, they were very colorful. They were mm-hmm. all different shapes, sizes. Some of them looked like they had some, like, uh, they put some dry ice in them, so they, right. they kind of bubbled Bubbly. and steamed a little bit. And it just, it kind of reminds me of, it's like uh, Trader Sam's right. in outer space. Exactly. It's kind of what it seemed like to me. And I just think it's fascinating and exciting. All the same. And there's more drinks than I, I thought they may maybe have, like, two or three things on there, you know, right. that you could try. Yeah, right. They were more throughout this whole list of food and drink, there was much more diversity and interesting things than Mm -hmm. I expected to to be there.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, even, uh, for example, the the blue milk and the green milk. And actually what they've done is they've... They've created something that is plant-based, so more people can right. actually participate You're and enjoy it. lactose intolerant That's Or right. whatever,
0: uh, have some sort of dairy, dairy sensitivity, uh, you can still
1: drink these and try them out. And I'm, I will probably try both. Right, of them, exactly. I'm sure. And uh, and even at the restaurants, the couple of the the food locations, they also have some additional. Uh, specialty drinks there, and uh, some were, you know, mm-hmm. obviously non-alcoholic as well. So they've really put together quite an eclectic group of things to enjoy is in terms of drinking while you're there, mm-hmm. which were fun, and the food stops sound amazing. And again, all of these things have backstories to them, which make it a lot more interesting. I mean, let's face it, when we go to um, Walt Disney World and we're going to the Jungle Navigator Company, I mean, how fun that yes. you can see the backstory, how it associates with the ride, the Jungle Cruise. And so it, it makes sense that they do it, but it's just when you're reading it, it's so exciting. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah, the backstory, like we're talking about, one of the food places we're talking about, which is Docking Bay 7 Food and Cargo, Uh, they even give a backstory on the chef there, (laughs) Chef Strano Cookie. Cookie. Tugs, (laughs) Tugs, <laughs> uh, he, he, so he's he's the guy who's kind of taken over. He's cooked from everyone, including working for Maus Kanata, right? You know, uh, and so it's just kind of interesting that they bother to uh, bother. But it's just it's great that they do this backstory into these characters and give you some depth into right. what's going on there.
1: I, I love how they say, they say he's doing a traveling diner for diners traveling. Right, <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah, stuff. Uh, and I also love
0: that. The food, if you read the items of food, and they have a lot of pictures of it out there too, Mm -hmm. it's very fusion-y. Right. Uh, A little Asian, a little, you know, there's a little African, there's a little bit of Thai. I mean, there's all over the place out there. It kind of reminds me a little bit of, uh, if you know from uh, uh, Pandora, some of the food examples there. Only this is more, seems more extensive to me, but... I love that there's some curry in there. There's a lot of noodle stuff. There's really some really cool, interesting dishes, and I'm looking forward to trying a lot of them.
1: Right, and and although they're presented in a way that's you know very um, futuristic, galaxy far, far away kind of mm-hmm. place, um, they are foods that people will recognize. So they didn't, you know, they they really kind of wrapped it up nicely. That yes, it it's the foods you know with a lot of style.
0: Right. It's Pizza. almost like these, these are comfort food kind of dishes. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are, right. but they're done up in a way that's very fusiony. y There's a lot of vegetables involved, yes. some rice, some noodles, some interesting things. Uh, it really is a wonderful looking dishes throughout it, and um, they look fantastic, yummy. Uh, I'm excited to try them. Was there one in particular that uh, kind of was Whew. like, oh, I think I'm. I don't know. There's so many good things. I mean, the, the, the I, I actually, there's a veggie one that I was very interested in, which is the plant based meatloaf served with mm-hmm. a roasted vegetable mash. I thought right. it was kind of fascinating. There's a ribs dish. Uh, the oven roasted burra fish, I thought was kind of an interesting right, dish. Right. I was going to well. name that one. Right. Yeah. A um, lot of good stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I agree with you. I was kind of thinking of the, the, uh, the fish, the, the, dish is one of things that i would like to really try mm-hmm. um but yeah the roasted vegetable mash and herb gravy sounded mm-hmm. so yummy again we always do this show when we're hungry when we're hungry. so <laughs> what the heck so
0: we focus so much on food it we is pretty never hilarious
1: learned pretty
0: funny but yeah and that's not the only place that's gonna be right. serving food they also have the ronto roasters which is going to have these pod roast uh pod racing <laughs> Uh, engines, if you remember from episode one, Star so Wars episode one, some of those big engines that they have the flame coming out the back or whatever—they're going to be roasting some meats up there. They have like turkey jerky <laughs> no. back there. They're going to wrap uh, some uh, grilled sausage. They're going to be doing through these pod racing engines, which I think is just creative and
1: oh so yeah, cool. yeah. The theming is just phenomenal, and and obviously we were expecting that. It's still really fun and still refreshing to to see what they've done to, it's, it's to make gonna us- so unique. It's gonna really feel like.
0: I mean, we've talked about immersiveness with this land before, right. and the food choices, the way they're serving them mm-hmm. up. I think it's gonna just add to this immersiveness and how you feel, and you know that you're in the galaxy far, exactly. far away. Exactly. Uh, it's really, really cool stuff.
1: I know, I know. So, like, do we need to dress differently?
0: Mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to be buying so much stuff from out there that it's going to be interesting. And speaking of that, why don't we get to what you're looking forward to buying out of the shops? All right. Because I know our bank account's about to take a big hit here. I know.
1: I know. And it was hard because, you know, obviously they have, what is it, Savvy's Workshop Mm -hmm. where you can build your own lightsaber, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, that sounds super cool. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that I don't think I'll be able to walk out of there without is from the droid shop droid depot excuse me droid depot mm-hmm. and i don't know if there was anything there that you saw but that it that's a, an, another interesting thing like they're taking the idea of building your lightsaber you can pull pieces off a conveyor belt and build your own droid um, but they will have some they said that are already pre-built and the one that was like oh my god is a Rex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the one I was thinking of too. <laughs> they put a Rex who will happily play whatever DJ music Rex. you have on your smartphone through an intergalactic Bluetooth connection. I love it's an intergalactic connection. <laughs> I know, version. I know. But that's great. No, I yeah. thought about the same
0: thing. I'm like, oh, we're going to have to get Rex. I know. Right. I'd
1: Although DJ the Rex. C3PO, which talks to you and, and kind of gives you grief if you put the head on backwards. Yeah, I think that's Sounds pretty funny pretty pretty too. great yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> what about you?
0: Uh, I I love all that. I mean, I, I thought if you looked at some of the pictures out there, mm-hmm. they have a lot of uh, Jedi outfits that look fascinating. Right. The lightsabers look beautiful for you know for uh, theme park lightsabers, exactly. which we've seen you know them mm-hmm. you know to the build them before. But these look to, that like they've taken to another level. Uh, I, I I just like that you know that there's so many interesting things. And what I really like about it is that these things. Are not going to be from places you could have bought elsewhere. Right. These are only made right. for Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge, and so it's it's they, they call it. It's not evergreen. Right. This is specifically Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge merchandise. Right. Really right.
1: Cool. Now, which is which is very very cool. and makes it much more unique that you can go in there and find things. And they had a lot of different type of shops of what they sold. And obviously they're going to, you know, have shops that are going to. Meet like what you would typically think at a Disney park, you know, whether you're talking about stuffed toys or whatever. Mm-hmm. But just again, all the different designs of what their shops are going to be like and the theming is really... I i feel like I have no real good words and I keep saying the same thing over and over well, again.
0: Well, all we can say is wow over wow, and over right. again. Because when, when it came out, I was like, wow. Wow, You woke me up in the middle of the night. You're like, you're <laughs> going to have so much... Because it came out in the middle of the night. Right. You're still awake. I go to bed early. I wake up early. She told me, like she wakes up, you're going to have some fun stuff to read in the morning. <laughs> That's right. Because she had already seen it. Uh, so I got to check it out in the morning. I was like, wow, wow. I just couldn't believe all right? this crazy right? stuff that I came know. out Wednesday night Uh, it was insane
1: yeah and i knew if if i had you read any of it at that point you were not going back to bed so i had to use twitter as my outlet to
0: look at this stuff Good, you're right on top of it because you because it came out so late you you were able to be there on top of it when most of the east coast was asleep because we're on the west coast you get this stuff right right it's a different time for us so and so the people were able to wake up to all this wonderful stuff and all this wonderful news and Really cool.
1: Right. Um, all our all our friends and listeners in Europe who were... <laughs> right. <laughs> what? What? No, I'm kidding. Uh,
0: another thing that was interesting, and this is something that actually when we were talking last week about Star about Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars, Galaxy's right. Edge, uh, and we brought this up with Rob LeBerry out there, and that is, yes, sure enough, the Play Disney app is going mm-hmm. to play that's a right. big role. And it's funny that we were talking about that with last week, and it came out this week that that's exactly what's going to happen.
1: Right, right. And... Uh, I don't know. Do we want to give spoilers on that?
0: Um, we can just tell you that there are, there's going to be a lot of things. It's going to be, I'll tell you, it's the first land that's going to be developed that is wrapped around the app being able to be used in it in many different ways. Right. You can look up, and if you, I'm. we don't need to spoil it for you. Some of the stuff that we talked about, we speculated about last week is coming true. So if you listen to last week's show, you know some of that is right, out there. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, but you can look it up online. But there's a lot of great stuff, and you're going to be able to be, Really immersed and have some fun with the app while you're going through Galaxy's Edge. So you're not—you don't even have to be in Ogus Cantina, Rise of the Resistance, Smuggler's Run. None of that. Right. You can still have a great time if you like don't want to wait six hours or whatever the line is going to be like for it there. Again. Right. Exactly. You can still enjoy some time at Galaxy's Edge and by using the Play Disney app.
1: Right. It, it's great that they're looking at different ways to you know keep the entertainment while you're immersed into that. To that area and that, you know, things like having missions and stuff Mm -hmm. are really a great idea, you know. And one of the things we haven't really emphasized, you know, in talking about being immersed in this is the music. Yeah, of course. John Williams was also very much involved in, you know, um, coming up with the music specifically for Galaxy's Edge, which you know, just helps continue that linkage with the original. Um, right. So you know, the, the
0: master is there creating the sound yes. that you know, and you love and it is all about Star right, Wars. And, right. Uh, it's going to be great or excited. It's, only just now for us here on the West Coast, for the Disneyland Resort, it's just a couple months away. Yeah. We expect uh, there'll be some soft openings. We're Hopefully. hoping some soft openings are going to happen uh, April, maybe May, uh, as they hope for a—it sounds like it'll be a June opening. Right. And if they're already kind of going through some of the, the attraction itself, some media, some influencers are going through that. Right. Obviously, it's mostly laid out, ready to go. They yes. just need to work out some bugs. We're hoping to hear some things. Uh, annual pass holders, D twenty three members, DVC members. If you're involved with anything, Hopefully. keep an eye out for possibilities of soft openings. Shh. I mean, don't keep an eye out. <laughs> They're don't not going to do anything. They're not going to happen. <laughs> so don't. No, no seriously, uh, check out for that. We got to do it a couple years ago mm-hmm. when. Uh, Avatar: The World of Pandora opened right, up. We right. got to do a soft opening for just that a f- just a couple days before it actually opened to the general public, and uh, was really, really cool. And, and as our chance to ride Flight of Passage <laughs> before you had to wait three, four hours right, for it, right, so, which right. was really, so, really
1: nice. You know, and even with that, there was a little bit of a wait, but it was again with the, with as entertaining as that queue was, you mm-hmm. really didn't. Seem to mind it right. at all, and uh, and I'm you know I wonder if they're going to do similar where you just go in for a set amount of hours and. And then the next week right. comes that's what they, in. Yeah. That's what
0: they did with Pandora was you got, you had like two, three hours of your, your window to go into this, right. get into the park. And then you came out and then they said, and the next group was waiting in line and then it was their turn right, to go right. in. So you just had to kind of schedule your time when you could make it into it. And, you know, it just happened to fall when we were planning a trip anyway out right, there. So we right. just so it guess, kind of got lucky really nice. in that regard. Mm-hmm. So very cool. So that was it. That's I, I don't think you have anything else. That was a ton of news. No, there, was there was so much stuff. I mean, we didn't go completely into detail of all this stuff, but there's so much stuff out there about what's happening with Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge, and we're really excited about it. We'd love to know what you think about the news that came out this week. What you expect. Uh, would please contact us and let us know.
1: Absolutely. And let us know what things you're looking forward to. I mean, obviously everything, but right. um, if there's something particular that uh, really spoke to you, we want to hear about it.
0: Yeah, I saw so many things on Twitter. I, I think, uh <laughs> Uh, at Dillas Diz you know we were talking about earlier like this is going to be like when you walk into the crew cabins on the Millennium Falcon there's going right. to be a lot of grown men crying <laughs> in there and i had to concur with that yes exactly. i know i'm going to break into tears getting to get under the millennium falcon right. i think that many of you just like us are going to be doing the same thing and they're yes. going to be wiping up tears very often be a mop in there there be so many grown men tears in They'll the millennium falcon will be selling falcon. tissue boxes so yeah <laughs> It makes sense, actually. <laughs> should do that. Right? Uh, so that's our main topics of the week. Let's continue on with it. It's kind of a Disney main topic slash Disney story of the mm-hmm. week. So let's continue on with our Disney stories of the week. Let's go a completely different direction. And that's that uh going to see. Disney Cruise right? Line this week released their 2020 summer
1: schedule. Pretty exciting. There's some
0: good stuff out there. So this straight from a Disney Cruise Line press release in summer 2020 – Disney Cruise Line will embark on a variety of itineraries around the world, including a long-awaited return to Greece and the addition of five first-time ports uh, of call in Europe, along with an expanded European season aboard the Disney Magic. Adventures will continue across the fleet with sailings to Alaska, the Caribbean, and the Bahamas. Those are the usual things, but the interesting thing was that Disney Cruise Line now feels it's—because it was a long time when Greece wasn't— Considered right, safe.
1: Right, exactly.
0: And Disney will be, believe me, there's anybody who's going to wait until they really feel it safe, it's going to be Disney right. Cruise Line. So they feel it's safe to go back to Greece. I always wanted to go, I don't think we're going to be doing one of these sailings, but it's good to know that they're going back there so someday yes. we can go visit Greece. I
1: know, that's very exciting. And uh, of all cruise lines, like you said, that you'd want to feel safe and feel happy about going on would be a Disney cruise.
0: Yes, no question about that. Uh, and great for the whole family. And mm-hmm. it's a learning opportunity to you know to go back to where some of the dawn of man was in right Greece right and rome and all that area gets, uh, i wonder really if there's
1: a movie or something that's going to link because hmm. like a, you know they did a lot with scotland when brave came out
0: yeah they did norway after with frozen time right. i mean it was a little bit after but they sure. tied that in i don't know of anything i can think of Specifically, but still, I, I think it's just great ports of Hercules. call and interesting. Well, yeah, they're, they are doing a Broadway version of Hercules or an off-Broadway mm. uh, off Broadway version of Hercules. Oh. So okay. I don't think that ties in, but no. it is interesting. Uh, more from the press release. After a five-year hiatus, the Disney Magic returned to Greece in summer 2020 as part of three special Mediterranean voyages departing from Rome. During one 12-night and two nine-night cruises, guests can marvel at the beautiful landscapes in archeology Arche- archaeological, I can say hey. it, wonders of destinations like, oh boy, <laughs> Piraeus, the gateway to Athens, Catacolon, Catacolon near ancient Olympia, <laughs> and the islands of Santorini, Mykonos, and Crete. So uh, the Greek Isles. Yes. I've, lo- I've never been, but they look spectacular. Right, I really right. like to visit oh, them sometimes. Uh, each of these unique Mediterranean itineraries combines a selection of stops in Greece with visits to other notable cities in the region. Two of the sailings include a new port of call in uh, Messina, Italy, where guests can visit landmarks in, Sicilia, in Sicily, excuse me, such as Mount Etna, the highest and most active volcano in Europe. Or the Piazza del Duomo, uh, the city's historic center. The third features a return to the pearl of the Adriatic. That's Dubrovnik, Croatia,
1: which is another place that is supposed
0: to be spectacular to visit uh, for the first time in five years. So really cool sailings. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah. Uh, Some other interesting news out there is that, well, we'll just talk about the basics. Yes, the wonder is going back to Alaska. Not Mm -hmm. a surprise. Fantasy will continue to do seven-day Eastern and Western Caribbean sailings. The dream will be doing its usual three- and four-day Bahamas. Cruises. Uh, nothing different there. Uh, the other interesting note came out that the Disney's Vacation Club 2020 member cruise was going back to Alaska. They're nice. going back and doing another seven night Alaska sailing that'll be on August 24th. Uh, if you're interested in that, if you're a Disney Vacation Club member, bookings for that will open up on April 6th of uh, this year.
1: Wow. So, yeah. Then, we
0: already have a sailing for 2020. I don't know if we can throw that in there <laughs> as well because we're doing <laughs> the Panama Canal. All Already, right but, right uh, that's really cool news and I'm uh, <laughs> interesting that they're going back to Alaska.
1: Yeah, that'll be great like we've talked in the past Alaska is amazing mm, it's my favorite cruise it's destination. great I love it way to see Alaska is via a cruise mm-hmm. anyway so wow
0: so cool. uh, yeah so uh, if you're thinking about booking any of these uh, the, the date is coming up this current And we record, we're recording this on uh, Sunday March 3rd. Uh, Tomorrow, Monday, March 4th, if you're a Platinum Castaway Club member or a Golden Oak Club member, uh, you you have your shot to start booking them at 8 a.m. Eastern, 5 a.m. Pacific time. On Tuesday, March 5th, if you're a Gold Castaway Club member, it opens up for you, same time. Silver Club members, Disney Vacation Club members who haven't, uh, well, I guess if you've cruised less than, uh, you're not a Gold member yet. Uh, And Adventures by Disney Insiders, it opens up for you on Wednesday, March 6th, same time. And then for everybody else, if you've never sailed Disney before, uh, Thursday, March 7th. And if you want to book these, you can go to the Disney Cruise Line website or call 800-388-4513. So, Great stuff. It is. Uh, it's always exciting, exciting when the new Disney Cruise Line itineraries come right. out. It always makes us dream of what our next sailing I is going to be. I know.
1: I know. Hmm, do we change? No, I want to do the Panama Canal. <laughs> we I can the always Panama do Canal. Panama, Canal. <laughs> the Panama Canal. Anyway.
0: Alaska. I know. I love Alaska, too. But we can do Alaska another time. I want to do the Panama Canal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do we arm wrestle or flip a coin? I'll tell you what.
0: I, I, one thing I know about Alaska, the cruise, is that probably the price we paid for that 14-day Panama Canal. Right, that's true. probably what it says, 7 days Alaska true. cruise. That's that the only one true. problem with cruising Alaska with Disney <laughs> is that uh, those are highly sought-after cruises. Exactly. And they tend to yes. be a little bit on the pricier right. side. So uh, just keep that in mind. Uh, let's get Onward, and we'll move to some park news. Just a really quick hit on some park news. Uh, It came out just a day or so ago that Jesse's Critter Carousel is close to opening finally at Pixar Pier at Disney California Adventure Park. This is straight from the Disney Parks blog. Uh, Jesse's Critter Carousel will open in April. April. Yes. (laughs) So they say, mosey on over to a giant (laughs) toy carousel starring Jesse, the yodeling cowgirl, and a friendly bunch of desert desert critters for a rootin' tootin' romp inspired by the Toy Story film Saddle Up on a Whimsical Snake, Armadillo, <laughs> Turtle, Bunny, and more from the for world of Woody's Roundup. This newly reimagined attraction will have you yelling, Giddy up! Yeah, <laughs> so it's good. I mean, the one thing about when Pixar Pier opened, we you know we were excited. Right. Pixar Pier opened last year, uh, late May, early June. I can't remember. Call. May, may have been actually late June when it opened up last year. Yeah. But uh, we were excited when it finally opened up. But there's one thing about it is that they it didn't wasn't quite finished. Right. Uh, they only had two attractions open. Of course, the the Incredicoaster, which is great, mm-hmm. and the Pixar Pal around, which is good. But they were just missing that extra. Oomph out there right, so the critter right. carousel finally opening up that's going to fill it up more and then when you eventually get the uh, inside out uh, what was it emotional whirlwind when that opens up they expect that to open up later this year as well right it's going to feel a lot more complete
1: right right you know so no that is true and you know it gives another option for the, the little ones right yes to enjoy and there
0: are a lot of pictures circulating right now because there's still a fence around the carousel but you right. can see now uh, that you can see Jesse kind right, of peeking giant over Jesse. <laughs> Yes. Peeking over the wall like she's ready. She's like, come on, guys. We're ready. Let's start inviting you onto the carrier carousel. Let's go. So uh, very cool news. Yes. And we're excited for that to open up here very soon. Uh, one more Disney story for you of this week. And that uh, is that reports say Disney is developing a new series for Disney Plus based on the iconic villains. Mm, mm. This from Variety.com. And it's based on sources. It's a rumor. It's not official yet. But here's what they're saying. This series is currently entitled Book of Enchantments and will be based on the Villains book series penned by Serena Valentino. It will tell the origin stories of Disney characters like Ursula from The Little Mermaid, the Beast from Beauty and the Beast, which I I guess he's sort of a villain at the beginning, but I don't really consider him a villain. We kind of already know that
1: backstory. Sort of.
0: Mm Maybe it will go more in depth. It'll be interesting. Uh, Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty and the Wicked Queen from Snow White. So uh, interesting stuff.
1: Yeah. Sounds a little bit like once. Once
0: upon a time. Right. Yeah. Uh, maybe. And we loved once right, upon a right, time, at least yeah. in, as it was early on in the show. We really loved it. We, we never missed it. And uh, we even got to see some of their panels at. Uh, uh, Comic Con. Right, which is right. Really fun yeah. As well. Uh, Michael Seitzman will write and produce the series under his Maniac Productions banner, and ABC Signature Studios will produce according again. This is based on sources and from variety.com. Right. So uh very cool. It sounds interesting. Right? I'm all for more out there. And yes. villains, everybody loves the villains. That's oh, one thing about Disney is they have such great villains. Yeah. So yes. meaty, and you can get into some interesting stories. Right, them, so. right.
1: Yeah. And they do a great job coming up with very creative mm-hmm. backstories of you know how a lot of them, you know, weren't necessarily all that evil to begin with, right? Well, there's a
0: reason why they kind of, right? You can when you get to some of these, and that's some of the live action things we're getting into. Is you're kind of. Realizing why they've gotten to this point, and you know, yes, they're evil, they're doing evil things, but you can kind of see why it right. came to
1: be this what point, happened yeah, that turned right them in a different direction. They've,
0: they've made them more three dimensional characters, they're right. not just the wicked stepmother or whatever, right? You know? exactly. That's all you know about them, is right. that they're just mean, yes, you know, they're just mean to Cinderella, right. whatever, you know. So, uh, interesting stuff, yeah. So, uh, that's my Disney stories of the week, I believe. <laughs> Michelle actually has a Disney story this week. And the best thing about this, I didn't forget. Uh, yay. Uh,
1: and it's it's not uh, maybe as, as interesting or as delightful as some of yours. But, you know. Your stories are always delightful,
0: as are your fun facts. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> You're too kind. Um, so I know in the past we've discussed how Disney um, is close to owning a majority stake in Hulu. Yes. And uh, now they're reporting that they're looking to expand that acquisition a little bit more by 10% more through at and mm. ownership of Hulu, the, that streaming service. So putting it, the math together, Disney already owns 30% of Hulu. Mm-hmm. They're in the process of acquiring 21st Century Fox. That also owns 30%, so that would give them 60 So So this purchase stake would give them a 70% ownership of Hulu. Um, and I think we've also kind of shared part of this is they know with Disney+, Plus, they kind of really have to be um, conscientious of having family-type content. Yeah, I think they
0: want to go PG-13 and below. Right, right. I mean, right. As far as uh, more Focus towards families
1: exactly. So Hulu is kind of like the uh, the streaming the touchstone streaming service, right? right? So Hulu um, would give them the ability to have, um, first of all, have streaming services internationally, but also to be able to you know change the direction to a little bit more adult type themes mm-hmm. as well. So, and um, the other interesting part of this was that Comcast actually owns thirty percent stake of Hulu. Mm-hmm. And they are not planning to sell that by any means. And that's according to their CEO, Steve Burke. But um, what, what was really intriguing about this is that, you know, if anything were to happen, you know, with that, that uh, 21st Century Fox deal or whatever, you know, Disney doesn't want to necessarily lose having more ownership Right. You know, especially with Comcast being out there saying they're not going to sell it. Yeah, they want
0: to be sure that they have the place to put some of these more adult content-type shows, and that is going to be true. Right. But
1: Right, right. And AT&T definitely said they want to sell. So it's not a matter of, you know, if. It's they do want to sell, you know. And so I started thinking about it. Gee, if Comcast has 30% and they... Acquire the AT and T; they'll have forty, mm-hmm. which would still be right now more than what Disney has. So, um, interesting way to look at what they're trying, where they're trying to position themselves, and right. you know, to secure that uh, ability to have uh, the way the ability to drive what Hulu does.
0: Right. And the other interesting note on this, and this is a story I saw just in passing this week, and I don't know the exact details behind it, but looks like uh, Disney, the Disney and Fox deal. Uh, kind of got past the last major sticking point right. which was a deal in uh, Brazil they had to agree to it in Brazil and once they got past that we're pretty much pretty close to that deal being done. they say I think it was actually our, our friends at uh, WDW News today mm-hmm. uh, had the story on it that it could be done uh, within the month and nice. that uh, that will be moving forward right from there. right so uh, that's good. That's good. Michelle's great stories always Always. has good stories. Always has fun facts. Always has great stories. Money,
1: the stock market. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) She's on top of it. She's on top of the money stuff. She's got to realize how to pay for all this Star Wars Galaxy. That's merchandise we're about to pay for I know
1: right
0: Uh, but she also along with great stories and fun facts she also has the best vacation tips if you don't know we always wrap up our show with giving you some sort of tip to help you on your next vacation maybe your next day at the parks next Disney cruise Whatever it may be, we try and give you some sort of tip every single week. And Michelle always has the best ones. So because she's wonderful, beautiful, <laughs> fantastic, and everybody loves her, and she has the best tips, we always let her go first. So without any further ado, let's get to Michelle's tip of the week.
1: You're so sweet. And I'm glad you don't ever put it to a vote with our listeners. No. which has a, Who has the better I'm one, not going to but... subject myself to that <laughs> no. I know how that's no, going to go. You, you're, you have winner ones. Yeah. Um, so actually, I have... Um, Well, one is not a vacation tip, but I I did want to throw it in because it really kind of tied in with our main topic of the 90s is that um, if you really want to see an incredible story that talks about the turmoil that the animation studios went through in the 90s and shortly after that, um, there's a movie out there called um, Waking Sleeping Beauty. And it really covers a lot of the things that were going on with a lot of these names that we talked about, you know, you brought up, which was, you know, Michael Eisner, Katzenberg and uh, Roy Disney and, you know, how they were addressing what was going on in the time with animation Mm -hmm. and how it was kind of being pushed aside and then with the tragic passing of Frank Wells and. You know, kind of the expectation that Katzenberg would get involved in that. It's really just a really interesting, interesting film. So if you get a chance to watch that, we would highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. It is
0: really interesting. Deep dive into what happened uh, with Disney in the late 80s. Uh, into the nineties right. and how they kind of the animation department kind of fell by the wayside a bit and then reemerged as this juggernaut that it's right. become now. And but there were some bumps along the way, Absolutely. including a lot of bumps near the end. Yeah. Uh, with the Eisner, Katzenberg, Roy E. Disney right. relationship there. So interesting it, stuff. It was check it out. Highly recommend it. Thank you.
1: So, and I agree, highly recommend it. So um, the, the tips I have today really have to do with um, how to make sure you have the best time at a Disney park and avoid some problems. And it's just a, a couple little things I want to put out there. One is in terms of making sure your phone battery lasts throughout your day. And we've talked about how now the uh, Play Disney Parks app is going to really be important with a lot of things. You want to make sure that you have have your uh, phone battery lasting for the whole for the whole day so um some things that obviously you can do is have a one of those flash rechargers Mm -hmm. available and also look at uh, maybe turning your um phone to airplane mode especially when you're in certain areas like indiana jones and soaring those really zap you so Mm -hmm. that would be a good time to turn it into airplane mode um the other thing in terms of making sure you don't have a problem on the in the parks or have a better time is we know you're going to be walking a lot taking a lot of steps. And so you might want to consider investing in some runners' socks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that would have more of a wicking and protect your feet more than just what you would have with regular cotton socks.
0: Not a bad idea to have a change of socks too if you That's have things to change especially in the, you know, the Orlando summers. And right, stuff, you know. right.
1: That is a good point. But yeah, with those cotton socks, sometimes they can just, you know, absorb and hold the sweat Mm. and you know not good for your feet either yeah um the other thing is if you're traveling with kids you know teach them how to recognize a cast member through their name tag you know that it's that Mm -hmm. oval white name tag and let them know that if in the unlikely reason they they get separated they can Look for a cast member and tell them they're lost. The cast member knows what to do in those situations. Mm -hmm. So from there on, they'll they'll take control and make sure you get reunited. But um, having them to be aware of that. I know that sometimes people talk about arranging locations to meet in case. Um, If you're going to do that, don't pick a really popular thing like in front of the castle because... Mm -hmm everybody's in front of the castle and that's a hard place to find Mm -hmm. somebody you're looking for. So, um, and the last thing is avoiding those meltdowns, you know, and I know we've all had those moments where we've been at a Disney park and just cringed seeing an adult screaming at their child or, you know, a child just crying because they're suffering because they're just so tired. And, you know, the, going to a Disney park is wonderful. And, and we all tend to have that, you know, bad judgment of just go, 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 go. Wow. And so really planning for that in advance to make sure you have some downtime. And I know, like, when you're looking at, you know, say Disneyland and you're just going for the day, it's hard. You don't have a maybe a hotel site to look for to have that break during the day. But, you know, really plan then some Sit down, quiet time. You might be, you know, at a location at one of the, you know, restaurants, just sitting down, having some, you know, coffee and pastry or something like that. Make it fun, but make sure you're putting some effort into pre-planning your downtime so that you don't have those meltdowns and Mm -hmm. you can just totally enjoy the park. So, yeah. just to summarize, I know they're all four different topics, but they're all just ideas to help you have the best time possible at a disney park
0: those are great great tips as always michelle has the best tips Uh, those are great we
1: haven't heard yours yet yeah no uh (laughs)
0: mine doesn't compare to yours your tip is fantastic and definitely more important for people who get out there to the parks uh we've you you said it we see it all the time right um the adults are tired the kids are tired it's a bad mix Uh Um, you know, find some resting times one way or another. If you can get away from the park and get a little rest in, that's great. If you can't, find some little periods where you can get in. The people mover is a wonderful place right. to just get a few minutes, just kind of sit and just relax for a little bit. Plus, exactly. you get great views the park when you're at uh, Magic Kingdom right, Park. Right, that's true. You know, some of the other attractions that are indoor, maybe they don't seem that interesting, but if they're you know, as a 10 minute or 15 minute something in a theater or whatever, where right. you can just sit. And get out of the heat, or get out of the rain, or whatever. Um, it's Just a huge thing. Also, hydrating, which yes, is my big that's a good thing, point, right? is a huge thing. And Very also keeping the the blood sugar up. You know, even if it's a little snack, like some little apple slices. Right, or, right. You know, it could be something healthy, or it could be whatever. But uh, you know, just something to kind of keep your 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 blood sugar at the right level as you're right, going right, through. It's, right, right, uh, right. Really important. So, good tip. Thank good you, tip, sweetheart. Let's get on to my secondary tip here. <laughs> and since we were talking just a little bit ago about the summer 2020 cruise uh, itineraries coming out, mm-hmm. I thought we'd go into what might happen if you're on the cruise and say this is your first Disney cruise and you enjoy your first Disney cruise, and so you want to go on to another one. Well, the best thing you can do is to book while you're on board that that is a great Disney tip. And I'm going to tell you why that is. For those of you that haven't experienced it before, (laughs) first of all, a lot of people think you have to book a specific cruise when you're on board. That is not the case. Mm -hmm. You can book. Yes, you can book a specific cruise. You can look through the schedules, book one. But you can also book a placeholder cruise if you don't have any idea of what you want to do. You can book what's called a placeholder cruise and then when you figure out what itinerary you want later, you can put that towards that. Now, here's the benefit of booking while you're on board and the biggest thing is that there is a 10% discount on your next sailing outside of a couple blackout dates Uh and concierge, if you're booking concierge, you don't get the discount but If you're doing this just as a regular cabin, whether it be inside, uh, ocean view, veranda, whatever, you will get a 10% discount, and that could save you hundreds, if not thousands, depending on what kind of cruise you are booking. Um, Also, another thing is that you will also get on that sailing stateroom credit. Mm -hmm. So, if it's a three to six night cruise, you'll get a hundred bucks thrown your way, just that you can just use whatever you want to spend it on on that next on that next sailing. Mm -hmm. If it's a seven-night or more, you get $200 per stateroom. Nice. So that's an extra 100 or to $200 uh, to have out there. Uh, it's a discounted deposit on seven-plus-night sailings. It's only 10%. If you're doing a placeholder sailing or um, you just kind of you don't have an actual Cruise determined it's only 250 bucks for your deposit, so uh, you get a discounted deposit, so you're also not breaking your bank when you're on board, and you get your time to decide on it. I mean, it doesn't change the price of it overall, but at least when you're holding it, it doesn't cost that much much money. Uh The best thing about this is, yes, you want to do it, but if for some reason things happen, you decide to take other vacations, you don't end up cruising, it is 100% Refundable as long as you right. cancel your cruise without you know earlier than the final uh, full pay and full date, right. you get a hundred percent of that deposit back. Uh, so it's it's just going out there. You might save money. You might get some shipboard credit. Right. It's just a great way of doing it. And you can also book for your friends and family, even if they're not on that cruise with you. If they're going to be book, if you think they're going to go on the next cruise with you, right. you can book cabins for them as well. All you need is to have their full legal names. And you can book them for them as well. So yeah. So you can extend the savings nice. onto your friends and family as well. Win, win, win. It's a win, win, win. And you should definitely do it if you go on a Disney cruise and you enjoy it. One of the first things you should be doing is getting to that future cruise desk. Right. And do it early in your sailing yes. because everybody <laughs> goes to it at the end and you're waiting forever. Although it's much easier they they have some forms if you especially if you're just doing a placeholder but even right. if you're not doing a placeholder you can just fill out forms tell them what you're looking for and just drop it off there but if you you know if you're actually looking to right. talk to uh the person who's coordinated the the associate there the sales associate uh it can be a, lot, a little bit more of a wait near the end of the cruise so do it early
1: right right and you know the other thing is i know a lot of people like to uh use a travel agent mm-hmm. so you can if you're if you are doing that booking on the cruise line, you can also um, have it designated to be managed by your travel agent. So you don't have to relinquish that if if it's um, more comfortable for you to have a travel agent dealing with your cruise arrangements. So.
0: Absolutely true. So take advantage of that yes, and save some that's money
1: awesome tip. on
0: your second, third, fourth, whatever Disney Cruise Line uh, sailing you have coming up.
1: Great tip. So. See you. You're saving people lots of money. There we
0: go. Good for you. Yay. Yay. It's, but it's still not as good as your tip. I don't tip, think
1: so. Think it think is a it good is tip. Numero uno. Okay. So, all right. So that's it
0: for this week. We're wrapping it up at a more reasonable time Yay. this week than we have the last few. <laughs> this is kind of more around the time we want to keep these podcasts. I'm not saying that we won't have some that go... Uh, organically go longer. But this is kind of more around the time we want to keep these podcasts at. I just think it's a better time for us. Right, right. uh, Next week, we've got some exciting things coming up. Mm. We were just talking about it for our main topic. Yes. Tomorrow, March 4th, early in the afternoon, Michelle and I are screening Captain Marvel. Can't wait. We are very excited. We're going to be out there on social media talking about it immediately after. We're giving our first impressions, and then I can actually do a written review on it. We can on the tuesday morning so nice. expect sometime on tuesday we will actually have a written review and then of course we will be definitely reviewing it next week and i think we're going to do it a little differently this time is because by the time this comes out some of you will have already seen it we're going to do a period of it that's going to be spoiler free and another period where we may go through a couple spoilers but we will give you all warnings right. alerts all sounds and <laughs> bells we are alarms. going to chapter mark it <laughs> so you'll know where you need to stop if you haven't seen it yet but I just think since some of these episodes don't don't get listened to until well after the film is out, right. like if we limit ourselves to just spoiler free, which yes was great, yes. Um, it kind of I think it, it it hurts us a little bit later on when people want to hear what we have to say about uh, some of the great moments that happen right. in these films,
1: and we miss the opportunity to interact with you all on right. you know. Your thoughts about it, because we are always trying to avoid those spoilers. And there
0: are those people that don't care about the spoilers, you know, which is fine, too. Um, Whatever you fall into, we're going to make it so it works for you. Uh, So just be prepared for that. So another thing we'll be doing is, yes, it is Disneyland After Dark 90s night. That Mm -hmm. is Thursday of this week. We're going to that, and we will discuss that and tell you all about that and what went down for that. So that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. So... So that's what we're doing this week. Uh, and if you want to you know, check in with what, what we're doing all week, please follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter, at Hyperion Podcast. Facebook and Instagram, at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And if you ever want to write us about anything, tell us what you think of the show. Uh, if you have any questions for us, if you wanted us to go over some tips for you, whatever you want, you can always email us at HyperionAdventuresPodcast at gmail.com.
1: Right, and we do want to hear from you, and and so if you do see the movie this week, uh, feel free to 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 let us know about that as well, and you know we can include some of your feedback in with our uh, our conversations about it at next week's podcast.
0: Yeah, we'd love to hear what you thought of Captain Marvel. Yeah. We're excited to see it. Right. Uh, hopefully, we will give you credit. Yes, of course. Always give you credit. Wow, we love all our Hyperion Adventurers, and we always give you credit. Uh, we appreciate you joining us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere where you find podcasts. If there's some place that you normally find podcasts and we're not there, please let us know because uh, we'd like to get on to as many avenues as possible. We do have a website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. You can check us out there, but better yet, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher. And if you have a moment, one, tell your friends and family about this podcast. Let us let them know that we exist and that you enjoy it and they might enjoy it too. But also a a rating on one of these sites, just clicking on the stars would be fantastic. And if you have a little more time, a review would be so wonderful. One, it helps us be a better podcast, but it also helps people know that we exist out there. We rank higher on the whatever uh, podcast area, it is uh, so that people can find us a little more easily.
1: Absolutely. And for those of you who have done that in the past, we love you. Thank you so yeah. much. And we really appreciated the, the feedback as well. So yeah,
0: We've gotten some great, great, great reviews, especially a few over the last few weeks and some uh, even more ratings. And we appreciate everybody who's taken the time to do that. You guys are wonderful. Thank Absolutely. you very much. So. Uh, that's it for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Hyperion Adventures podcast, and we look forward to sharing some time again with you next week. Again, it'll be a little more 90s next week, <laughs> apparently. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magic week.